The number one thing you got to do is learn about your student. You got to learn what their disability is, how they learn. That's huge because not everybody learns the same. So you can't teach the same. It's just won't work that way. You're putting a square peg in a circle thing, whatever the quote is. Hey, hey, this is Stacey Cradiville, and you're listening to the Cappuccino Mic Drop Podcast. Hey, hey, good morning, everyone. In today's episode, you'll be hearing a conversation between myself and Jay Oka, who is not only our varsity football coach, but also a teacher in both the special education and physical education departments. Jay joined the PE crew just last year, so it's been really fun getting to know him and work together a little bit here and there. So if you don't know Jay and you haven't worked with him yet, this is a great opportunity to learn a little bit more about his life and all the different hats he wears. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. Jay, would you rather bring your lunch to school or eat in the school cafeteria? I would rather... I'm a pretty simple guy, so I would rather bring my own food, and I do anyway. So I don't think I've eaten cafeteria food in a long time. Oh, I'm wrong. I think I ate one of the burgers that they gave out that one of the kids left, and I was like, this isn't that bad. I would eat this if I was in high school, you know what I mean? But I think that's about it. I don't, cafeteria food is just not on my agenda. So. What types of things do you bring in your lunch? You have like a regular- um, So for me, I'm pretty meticulous with my food, my meals. I mean, you know, I kind of I like to lift a lot of weights and things like that, so I have a bunch of meals that I prep on Sunday. So I cook all day on Sunday to prep my meals. So like today I brought my oatmeal and egg white and chicken breast and asparagus, a couple of meals of those, an apple. And um, yeah, that's kind of what I bring. And I have a big bag. As a matter of fact, it's right here. It's my big bag right here. Boom. So a food. You're so, stocked up for the week. Stocked up for the week, at least for the day, because being a teacher and a coach, I'm here all day long and I don't have time to, sometimes I don't have time to get food. So I don't want to be, I just want to be grumpy at 530. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, the starving mm-hmm. grumpy guy, you don't want to be that guy. So you want to be comfortable and it also saves money, right? You know, you got a budget as well. So for sure. So you mentioned that you're coaching and teaching, but I want to hear more about your teaching journey. How did you end up here? How did I end up? I mean, should I go back to how I became a teacher and then here? So I always thought, you know, it's crazy. Everyone has a teaching story, right? Everyone that's taught, right? There's always been that epiphany or that aha moment. We're like, oh, I'm going to be a teacher, right? So at the College of San Mateo one time, and well, I was going to school there at the time, and I was at the quad somewhere, and somebody said to me, what do you do with the rest of your life, Jay? And I was like, I don't know. I just want to do stuff. I just want to do something in my life that kind of resembles how I was when I was in high school when I had so much fun, you know, I was, I was playing football. I was around all my friends and, and I liked the schedule of school. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to be a high school football coach. Right. And then obviously what comes along with that is you kind of teaching is, is helpful in that, right? If I had a nine to five, it'd be difficult. So that moment right there is when I decided to do that. So I kind of ventured off into that world and then I was, I started substituting in another district. And while I was doing that, I got my credential and I was hired on as a football coach. And then I came off from there. So I was coaching first before I started teaching. And then after I got my credential, I got my credential in history and I was teaching history at El Camino High School. What is that? When you call that, when you had a master teacher, 
when you're interning, right? And then um, when you were a student teacher, and then I got hired on as a special ed history teacher specifically. I taught three, I taught four subjects, no, five subjects my first year, modern world history, government, econ, U.S. history, and three levels of math. And then they were like, okay, well, the only opening we have is this, and you'd be great for it because you're great with the kids, with discipline and stuff like that. So the only thing is you got to work here. You got to go back because I had just finished my credential. They're like, you got to go back and now get your SPED credential. And I'm all, what? So I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Let's do it. Let's rock and roll. So I started teaching in 2004. I taught all those classes and I went back to school, which was a blessing because as a teacher, you know, and I know that you get all these units, you go all the way to the right in the salary schedule. And that helped me out in that sense too. And also I also realized that it made you more valuable in the classroom because you could do more, more than one thing. So, and it was also helpful for me if I ever wanted to teach again in general ed, that I learned all these techniques to really tap into to students with learning disabilities or just students that struggle in general. So that's where it started. And then, so I was there for some time and I loved that school. I was teaching in South City for, I think, 13 years, 14 years, something like that. And I thought I was going to retire there. I was all in. And then an opportunity came up to teach and coach here at Cappuccino. And I looked at the school and it was literally the same demographics, same type of students. And so I said, man, let me try this, something new. And then I came here and then it kind of like, you teach for so long and you kind of get stuck to a routine and it just kind of revigorates you when you're in a new environment. And I love the staff here. I love my departments that I work in, both in the PE and in the SPED department. Love them. I mean, it's just a joy to be here. So now I'm here and I'm stuck with you for a long time. So <laughs> that's I'm awesome. Starting. I feel like my story is pretty similar where I started out with coaching and then got into teaching from that. Um, yeah. And it really helps to have that coaching perspective. Yeah. You know what? And I think just in, throughout my career, especially when I first started out, that's where I got a lot of like kudos and compliments because of the fact that my coaching style translated into the classroom. And you know, and I know that classroom management is huge, right? And so with that being said, I mean, the subject matter almost comes second because I could be an expert in whatever subject you teach, but if you can't manage that classroom, it's almost irrelevant. So the fact that I had strong classroom management with some kids that were struggling without a strong teacher in the class kind of helped me out. And then you kind of take that everywhere you go and then you just kind of get better at it, right? The longer you do something. Awesome. So Right now you're teaching PE and weight training, our elective mm-hmm. class and special education. Mm-hmm. But I'm really interested to hear as a SPED teacher, how do you differentiate your instruction to support all the different learning needs that kids have? So that's a huge question. And there's, there's a lot of different ways to answer that. But the one thing that I advise people to really help themselves with differentiating instruction is you got to learn the student. Now, I know it's difficult for a lot of general ed teachers. They got minimum 150 kids, right? So it's hard to get those personal relationships. I know that. But, you know, if you do the work up front in the beginning, uh, it'll save you later on down the line. And that's our job in the beginning of the school year to make sure that teachers have information on their students. And then also, once that information isn't out yet, you could always reach out and find out. But the number one thing you got to do is learn about your student. You got to learn what their disability is, how they learn. That's huge, right? Because not everybody learns the same. So you can't teach the same. It just won't work that way. You're putting a a square peg in a circle thing, whatever the quote is, right? You got to learn their background. Even if like people, a lot of students, they get diagnosed with certain disabilities 
And it's kind of a label, right? But even then within those labels, backgrounds determine how students learn, how they react to certain things, how they react to conversations, to teaching. So I know it's a lot, but I mean, that's what it is, right? That's that special relationship in special education is that, that personal relationship, learning the strengths and weaknesses, and then learning how to tap into that student's potential that comes with experience, right? So that's the first thing you got to do is just learn about the student. And then once that happens, then you can kind of look at your caseload, look at your class, look at your student, and then you can create those systems that try to teach different curriculum, different material in different styles. And that's how it is, right? The original way of the lecture and the notes, some kids still like that. Some kids still can do that. The visuals, the repetition, the audio, the videos, all those type things. And then reteaching. One thing that, that I've learned as a teacher is to simplify your vocabulary, right? And uh, one thing, because my wife's a teacher as well, and we always talk about the big words in SPED, right? There's all these acronyms and these, there's these, all these letters, and then you just have to automatically know it. And what it is, is that when you speak, especially when you're te- talking to parents and students, when you talk in layman's terms and simple terms, man, they get it. We don't need the big jargon. Like one thing that really bugs me about when we go to like those teacher development meetings and they talk about pedagogy, that word, like just drives me nuts. I used to be in my credential program everywhere I went, pedagogy, pedagogy. What is that? Like there's an assumption that I have to know what that means. Okay, great. Now I know what it means as an experienced teacher of two decades. Great. But I'm just saying like, we don't talk like that in the regular, right? And so don't talk to me like that. You know what I mean? Now, I understand academic vocabulary. I get that. I 100% get that. And you get better as time evolves, right? As time happens, academic vocabulary will happen. But, you know, sometimes you just want to relay a message. Sometimes you just want to give information and hopefully they suck that up and take it in and then maybe move on from there, right? So I hope that I'm not over-talking. No, that's but- great. Can you think of like a student maybe that maybe stands out in your mind over the years that you were like, wow, like that really didn't work for you. And oh. try this. And now that didn't work. And then eventually you did find something like a success story. I mean, it's like, it's almost like every day there's some kid, like just recently I had a kid and this is just literally like a week ago who is in a classroom. I'm not going to talk about kids or teachers or anything like that, but in a classroom and just was did not do well in the classroom because of, just the way things were kind of explained, right? Or the way things were done in the classroom where they had to show their knowledge or mastery of the assignment or the material because it was just too general and it was just kind of just wordy. So as we're working together one-on-one, you kind of say, hey, you re-ask the question, have them read the question, have them tell me how it's done, yada, 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 yada. And then all of a sudden, boom, he kind of knows it, right? And he says it, oh, I know that those type of things. And just an epiphany for him. And I was like, he just needs that one-on-one conversation to reinforce because the teacher, I think did a great job in relaying the information. It's just bringing it out of the student now. And so it works. So that's just one quick example. I mean, I've seen kids, just a quick story of a kid that I work with and I'm really close to, I'm so close to, to today. I mean, I've known him since he was a freshman here at CAP. and he's struggling in his classes. And the big thing was apparently his behavior. And I love this kid. And my wife loves the kid. He's just like, our family adores him. And they're like, I don't understand why people are just mad at him all the time. He can be a little rambunctious, you know what I'm saying? He could be a little loud or whatever the case may be, but sometimes you need that. In a classroom where you tell a kid, hey, okay, somebody respond. And like, it's crickets, right? Like, what happened to this? I remember growing up in high school, I'm sure you too, like when a teacher asked you a question, we were all trying to 
trying to answer, maybe debate a little bit, maybe put our point in there, but we've kind of lost those communication skills. So he was in most of his classes because of this vision that they had of him. He was asked to just sit there, be quiet, do his work and make sure and be done. Right. And he struggled with that because that's not him. Right. And he needs to be out there. So obviously he played football for me and obviously he was able to express himself on the field. Now you take this kid off out of the school environment. He's one of the smartest kids that I've worked with. Like he just knows all these things and knows how to behave and knows how to maneuver through life. And smart kid is right now he's in college. He's hopefully going to be playing ball there next year, but he's doing his thing and he works with his dad. I mean, he could have a whole career doing his job with his dad and he can do that. But just some of the things that were going on in the classroom here, or even with some of the teachers just didn't work for him specifically. And I don't think the potential, his potential was brought out academically and it's coming out now. So maybe that's a, an example of that. Like I said, sorry if I've talked too much, I could do that sometimes. So <laughs> no, it's good to hear. If you could give teachers one like really solid tip besides already you shared like building connections with students and like learning about their specific learning needs and bringing that out. What's one other solid tip that you could share with teachers? I think it's a tip that everyone's heard is don't take things personal, right? But I'm not going to say that because I'm trying to say it without being like saying the same thing everyone else says. You really got to be able to like, how do I say this without pissing anybody off? Man, you really got to be like, okay, if I just met you, Stacey, and we were with a bunch of friends and I was going to have a conversation, we're just talking casually. I think I could have a conversation with you. You can have a conversation with me and no one is going to get mad and no one's going to get all pissed off and no one's going to be aggravated. I think we could have a good time, right? Like you got to have social skills. If you have good social skills, that should transcend to the students as well, right? And not everything is bad, right? I'm not saying do bad things. I'm saying like, don't make mountains out of molehills. Like, let's mucho take it easy, guys. It's okay sometimes. You know what I'm saying? For me, like, I just want most of the teachers to understand like, man, I know you want to get your curriculum in. I know it. I know you value your curriculum. I value mine. And I 110 respect all that. And you want the kids to value it as well. You want them to know how important it is. I get that. I'm 100% with that. Just sometimes kids need to just chop it up. Kids need to just talk. Kids need to just communicate with one another and do that. Sometimes teachers really get other students for doing that. And I think that creates a negative relationship. And so I look at it as, um, I mean, it's like coaching, right? You got to have buy-in. If the students are just like, ah, I just don't feel the teacher, then you got to have that buy-in. And everyone has their own personalities as a teacher. So just be you. Just be honest, I guess. And don't take things personal. Mountains out of molehills. Come on, guys. There's yeah. bigger fish to fry sometimes, choose your, right? Choose your battles, right? There you go. Choose your battle. We're getting cliche here, but I was trying not to be. But I mean, that's <laughs> all I know, you know. <laughs> so it is what it is. So another question for you. You're in an interesting position where you're a teacher at Cappuccino and a parent of a student at Cappuccino. Hell What's yeah. it like having so your kid go here? This is, and I'm going to be honest, this is the first time I have done like parental school duties. <laughs> because I mean, I'm the guy like my wife says, oh, okay, hey, boom, uh, we got a thing. To okay, I'm with it. Now I got to handle the paperwork and all that. Now I've never done all that, right? As a parent, I don't know, like registration, like, folks, I mean, okay, I registered my son late. <laughs> like, <laughs> I work here. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like there's codes and things. And I was like, oh man, 
it's not like I can't do paperwork. It's just my wife's been handling that for his whole life for both my sons. And I've just been kind of like the guy over here that's teaching and coaching and fixing the drywall or whatever the case may be. <laughs> so now I have to do that part, which I'm getting used to, right? Like anything in the world, you just got to get used to it. And so that part, I'm getting used to that. As a parent, I love it. I love my sons very, very much. And I love riding with my son home and take him to school. We have a good time. We just, we talk. My oldest son, I was able to drive him to school because he went to St. Dunstan. So when I started going here to Cap, working here at Cap, it was always easy to drop him off and, you know, it was good. So I love having that, those moments with my son, that 15, 20 minutes of driving here to work, coming home with him as well. Because I mean, my son, by the when he's my age, he ain't going to try to kick with me. He ain't trying to kick with me. You know what I'm saying? So I get those right now. We get the fun conversation. And we don't talk about school. We talk about just life or future, just fun stuff. He plays football as well. And I just try to stay out of it. So I see him. I drop him off. We come to school together. And I don't see him after school. He does his thing. And I do mine. And I don't really get in his hair about anything. I want to keep it that way. You know, I want him to be who he is. Just don't do anything to ruin my job. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> other than that, it's good. I really love it. I think it's great. I think it's simple. It's easy. And he loves the school here. He loves his, he's a freshman now and he loves his freshman experience, his friends, the sports. He loves his teachers. I mean, I'm on cloud nine with this whole thing. It's, it's the best. So yeah, I mean, you got to ask him too if, how he likes it. And I always wonder, hey, dude, uh, like, are you cool that I'm here and you're at school? And he's like, nah, it's good, man. I ain't worried about that. So I love that about him. So it's cool. I'm not only does my youngest son go here, my oldest son coaches here as well. So he's a oh, wrestling really? coach. Yeah, yeah. He's a wrestling coach here. So I'm here till late because I watch his matches. I was here last night. I love it. It's in our blood, I think. I don't know. I don't know what's going on around here. <laughs> I didn't know that, but that's yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's here too. So he'll be here in about an hour coaching some kids. So <laughs> awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so my last question for you, what is the best mic dropping teacher advice that anyone's ever given to you? The best teacher advice is take your time. You have a lot of time. This is a long career. Not everything is a priority, right? Do the things you got to do for that day. And probably the most important advice I got from a guy's name was Doug Moyer. He was my master teacher. And he said to me, don't worry if, if you don't know it, Jay. You're always going to be smarter than the kids. You just got to be one day smarter. That's it. Right? So I was teaching history. You just got to be a day smarter. And that's it. I was like, oh, that makes sense. In my head, I had to know the whole curriculum, you know what I'm saying, for the whole school year. And I was like, ah, I didn't tell the stuff. And I do just one day smarter. And I was like, man, that makes sense. And take your time. Like, when I first started teaching, man, I tried to do everything, right? I did everything for all my classes. I would even stay. I have to clean my classroom and mop the floor. Like, I didn't realize there was janitors. I was like... <laughs> I was like, I was mopping the floor. My wife said, man, you do cleaning this place better than our house. I'm like, I know. I I want this thing clean. I just got, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I'm just, you know, I learned I couldn't do everything. Just take your time. It's a long career. You'll be cool. You'll be good. It's a good career with the best. I mean, I don't care what anybody says, the best career ever. So it is what it is. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jay. It was nice chatting with you. Absolutely. All about and, uh, your experiences. And if I talk too much, edit it out. I'm sorry. I'm my bad. <laughs> I can just go sometimes. You know what I mean? It's all good. It's nice. But let me, can I ask you a question? Let me ask you a question. We don't all get to hear from all the different teachers on campus, yeah, yeah. right? This is like such a good opportunity for people that haven't even had a chance to learn about you to learn Absolutely. about you. But let me ask you a question. 
So okay. how do you like these podcasts? You're such a good interviewer. <laughs> you really are. Like you are. I like you are. never thought I would have a podcast. I never even listened to a podcast until like September. <laughs> it was what? like the first time I ever heard a podcast. I'm like, dang, you are a good interviewer. You know, I don't know. I, mean, I just thought ahead of time and I don't know. I just think of questions as we go and. I was, Thank you for that. I'm, that's like I'm another trying. career. That's like another career on the side. You know, I mean, I've been listening to podcasts. And I'm like, man, these guys, are, I mean, I couldn't do it. I was like, I guess you have a natural way of having conversation and flowing with people, That's which is cool. Thank you. I knew going into this that I know how to edit. And that gave me the confidence to just talk because I know I can go back and like change what happened cut out anything awkward uh, or wrong or the ums and ahs and whatever make myself sound better yeah 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 so i was ready to take a risk and it turned out that it's not so bad what has our admin said about the podcast i'm sure they've had positive things to say about it yeah i think people that are listening think that it's a really good connector for people like it's really nice and humanizing to like hear yeah 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 what different people are doing on campus it's really positive absolutely absolutely it's going well yeah, this is a super great idea. I mean, this is like modern, right? I would rather like have a podcast with you or listen to a podcast with my coworkers than I won't say that. This is a good job. This is a good idea. This is a good idea. <laughs> Easier to listen than to read another email or yeah. look at a yeah. Google Doc with instructions yeah. for something. Yeah, yeah. This and it's not even like a techie thing anymore. Like I was like, oh, is this going to be a tech podcast with like tech tips? But like, it's not. It's just teachers teaching. It's just teaching. The teaching. Yeah, we all, hey, all of us have the same struggles every day. All the same struggles. So it's like, man, we got to be all together in this, have some unity in the madness that we're working with. You know what I mean? Yes. So thank you for being part of it. And absolutely. um, We'll talk soon. Take it easy. All righty. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Jay. And thank you to all of the special education teachers out there. I really appreciate all of the extra time and energy that you all put into connecting with kids, communicating with families, helping colleagues to modify assessments or lessons. You all work above and beyond what is reasonable expectation for any human being. And I see it and I appreciate you. So thank you. And thank you for teaching colleagues as well, because we all learn so much from each other. And I feel like if you teach special ed, you just always have to not only be an advocate, but also be educating everyone around you, even the adults. So thank you for teaching me and everyone listening a little bit more about how we can better support these students. And I hope you all check out the show notes, go to the website, bit.ly backslash cap mic drop for more resources and have a wonderful rest of your week.